listening to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. Uh, this week is it's kind of an exciting show, for me anyways, because I've got some uh, friends here from New York. And uh, I think you guys are really going to like what these people have to say because um, they get to work with uh, me and Diesel Dave and our business in a capacity that most people don't uh, have the opportunity to do. And that is, they are the producers of our TV show, Diesel Brothers. Um, so obviously I've got my co-host and longtime best friend, Mr. DJ Marcus. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm getting better with the you cues, are, man. You really are. Like you, you saw that coming. I'm stepping and bam, on my game. You nailed it. Right. Um, and then obviously we've got Kenny Thompson, who is here, but he's also on a phone call real quick, so he'll join us whenever uh, he's not too cool for school. And then that brings us to our guests. I didn't even see you hit the button on that one. Yeah, I was a little late on that one. My oh, bad. Yeah. A little late. The problem is he's got a laughing one that laughs for like a good. 30 seconds. So right when you think it's over, it's not. It's, yeah. it's rough. Um, so guys, our guests are Matt Ostrom, Jason Fox, and Laura. I don't even know your last. Palumbo. Palumbo, I know Johnson. that. Johnson. Uh, so Jason and Matt are yes. on the microphones with us, and Laura is not because uh, she, she can't be trusted. She cannot she's, be trusted. She's, she's, not, yeah, she's, she's on a certain number of lists with the government that says she can't be on microphones. So it is what it is. But uh, Jason and Matt are with a company called McGilla Entertainment, and McGilla Entertainment is the production company that produces our TV show, Diesel Brothers, directly for Discovery Channel. So welcome, Jason and Matt. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, you very New York much. in the house. <laughs> <laughs> nice. is, this, is this the one we're going to wait a long time? This, yep. Yes, this one too. <laughs> okay. I think we need two rounds of applause. No? <laughs> <laughs> and there it goes. Perfect. Oh, boy. Oh, look who's back. Right. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny joined us. Uh, welcome, back. Kenny. Very yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about tonight, and this is kind of an added bonus just because I, I knew that they were coming in town, but I didn't know that we had time tonight. So as soon as I figured out that they did have a little extra time, uh, these guys are so nice. Whenever we go anywhere with them, whether they come in town or we go see them, they buy us like the nicest steak dinners. Like, I, what, didn't we Google once most expensive steakhouse <laughs> in the area? I, when you say we, you mean you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you, you did that. We Googled the most expensive steakhouse. I think it was like in Florida and we ended up going to this place. And so thank you guys for yes. that. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I, you had the network with you then. We did. Then yeah. the bill goes right to the network. Which is nice. That's where you want that bill to I already like these guys already. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, the network was like, how many shelves are in that seafood tower? <laughs> <laughs> that was not done yet. It took like four people to bring that seafood tower out on like a garbage can yeah. lid. It I was, think Todd Leftwich cried that night. Yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> and last time I saw him in New York or uh, LA about a week ago, he was still crying. Yeah. So, uh, the, what's unique about Jason and Matt and Laura, who's not on the microphone because... <laughs> <laughs> She's committed uh, to not being on the uh, microphone. Undisclosed reason. Jump over here at any time. <laughs> um, Slide on over. So the way your company works is you guys originally had three partners, right? And now um, you ended up kind of consolidating and mm -hmm. now it's you and Laura, Matt? Yep, myself and Laura, we're the owners of the company. It started with three people um, and yeah, uh, it just got to the point where it was time to for it to become two people. And <laughs> when, when does two become I one? Know, yeah, I don't know. How, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, um, <laughs> I don't know. Ask, that's why Laura's not on the mic. <laughs> um, but then, uh, and Jason was actually our agent at CAA and um, he was thinking about 
leaving CAA. CAA is Creative Arts Agency. Creative Arts Agency. It's yes. one of the biggest uh, talent agent firms in the world, right? Yeah, I would say. So, yeah. so you were you were an agent. Basically, you represented anybody from music artists to movie stars to mostly non-scripted television and talent. Okay. So, yep. Yeah. Which was, is the space we're in. Yes. Yeah. And the, probably the best agent in New York. What do you mean probably? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, Jason, uh, yeah, there you go. I was going to say Jason likes, uh, likes his own jokes quite a bit. Um, Jason, uh, <laughs> if you stay tuned, you will learn to like them too. It, it's so an acquired taste. I'm going on year four with Jason and, uh, we're starting to get to the point where, yeah, we laugh once in a while. Uh, Jason is the general manager of your company. He's actually the president, the president of the company. Yeah. Beautiful. So, so Jason is the, uh, is the man behind the operations, but you're still day to day operations quite a bit. Are you there? Yeah, I mean, so the way that we, you know, our company works is so we're an independent production company, which means we're not owned by a big conglomerate. Um, we create shows and pitch shows, and um, or sometimes television networks come to us, like uh, with you on our show, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they'll ask us to develop and create a television series. So let's let's break this down real quick for the average listener who doesn't quite understand. Because I know sure. that when I got into the TV business, I didn't know how all this worked. I thought that sure. it was just like the TV people and then the regular people. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of a chain, um, a, a few different layers that happens when a show's being produced. So you have, in our case, Discovery Channel. Yep. They're the network. Mm-hmm. The network... Um, usually hires out a production company like you guys, mm-hmm. Magilla Entertainment or um, any of these other big production companies, and that company will then go produce a show. Or a company like you is out actively looking for shows without the direction of the network, mm-hmm. creating sizzles and pilots and stuff, and then pitching those to the network constantly, right? Yep, that's exactly... What that. happens more often than not? The pitches? Uh, we, yeah, we're probably out pitching more. We're probably out in the world looking for ideas and we have development producers that you know work for us or we have outside producers that we have relationships with that will bring ideas to us and then you know we work with a, a lot of different television networks so we have a pretty good understanding of what television networks are looking for you know like every network is you know they you know they kind of have their lanes their things that they are you know known for um, you know, the Discovery Channel, obviously, you know, they do Motor Mondays. So they're, you know, in the business of looking for a car or vehicle entertainment. Car stuff, technology, yeah. that kind yep. of stuff. And it's always science and engineering with right. them. So, you know, you know, they'll do survival shows, but there's always science and engineering. We do, you know, other stuff with them. It's always science and engineering. So, you know, we're always out looking for ideas we know that networks would be interested in or ideas that we think are just really cool. Right. And then, we're, then it's our job to convince a network to give us a money is usually a little bit of money. Sometimes it's, you know, hopefully it's more money to either create like a five minute or a 12 minute kind of example of the show. Sometimes they'll hire you to give like a, a proof an, of concept, a proof of concept, a right. pilot. So but the could, first, the first pitch is on you, right? Yeah. Meaning if the network doesn't know about a show and you guys are trying to make them aware of it, that first two minute reel or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's on you to produce. Yeah. hundred percent. So we, we're out and, you know, we're funding all, you know, we, you know, we're, we're funding as much development as, as we can because you, you have to just be constantly developing also in this environment. You know, it's, it's kind of a, this time period, it's a little harder to sell television Well, yeah, shows. because the numbers are staggering, right? Like, let's say, what is it, out of every thousand pitches you get a show or every hundred pitches? I mean, Maybe. we heard, yeah, yeah, I would say it every, sorry, every 200 pitches, maybe 
10% will become oh, some kind geez. of paid development. And of that, maybe 1% will become What's the reason for that? It's just... Just is it audience. like a Netflix thing or people being on their phones or what's... Well, that's what's a bigger the, part of this conversation that I want to have is what direction TV's heading. Yeah. But it's different now than it was 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's different now than it was three years ago. Different yeah. now than it was six months ago. I mean, yeah. that this, this industry is evolving. Yeah. Um, but the unique thing about, before we get into the direction that TV's heading, I want to help the listeners understand how our relationship works. So Discovery originally came to us uh, after they saw us on Jay Leno and they thought these guys might have something. There may be some talent there. Um, And so they actually originally contacted us through one of their... uh, development development producers. producers. They have their um, own producers. Yeah, so a guy named Burt came out and he's like, hey, here's what you guys you know could potentially look like on TV. Here's what your show might be. He comes out and kind of interviews us and says, would you even be good for TV? He then goes back and reports to the network with a little you know, reel of stuff that he recorded when he was out here. Yep. The network then decides, okay, this may be worth taking a shot at you know, making a show for these guys. And rather than producing it themselves, they then contact a company like you. Yeah. Yep. And they say, okay, Magilla, here's these guys in Utah. Uh, we like their concept. Go give us a show about them, right? Yep. So yeah, so they, <clears throat> they came to us and they, they said, these guys, we think they're really cool. Um, can you see if this is a television series. Yeah. And so, you know, they'll they'll do that, you know, a hundred times. You know, I mean, we, you know, we have kind of, we have lots of networks that come to us and say, oh, here's a little bit of money. Can you see if this is a television series? Wait, let me ask you guys a question. Sure. So if I didn't know anything about McGill Entertainment, how would you guys describe kind of what maybe you guys specialize in? Sure. I mean, do you guys gravitate toward more type yeah. of entertainment? It's yeah, unscripted. I mean, non-scripted. So anything... And documentary. So it doesn't, Re- documentary, okay. non-scripted. Reality documentary. TV, basically. Yeah. Any type of reality TV. Yeah. doesn't matter the topic. No. no. Cats, dogs, No, we'll, trucks, we'll get into no. that, actually. Um, so Magilla actually has a couple of really big shows that everybody knows. Obviously, they've got Diesel Brothers. Outside of that, they've got Moonshiners, mm-hmm. which you've had that show forever. You guys have I got some questions that show. about yep. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, some they serious have questions. Long yeah. Island Medium, which is a great show. It's about um, Teresa, right? Yep. She's uh, Teresa Caputo. She's, she's a, what oh, do you yeah. call medium? it? A psych medium, yeah. Yep. Um, and that show does well. It's been mm-hmm. on. Both mm-hmm. those shows have really long legs. They've been out yeah. there forever, right? Yeah. Um, and then there is, you hear that? Even Laura's so excited. She answered. <laughs> I love it. She's into it. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, like yeah. Bargain, Bargain Front Bart. Yeah, like some of those. Is that a... HGTV. HGTV. Yep. Um, so you guys have had some successful shows and some mm-hmm. big hits. And then uh, a few years ago, you got in business with us. And, and ever yeah. since then, we've and that, been. Yeah. And that whole situation was strange. The network called us. We're like, great, we'll fly out to Utah. Right. Matt and I are like, okay, we're going to spend three days in Utah. Matt and I are like, we're going to spend three days in Utah. Uh, we got off the plane, drove to your old shop, uh-huh. sat with you guys for like half an hour. Matt and I looked at each other like, we can go home now. <laughs> we called our assistant. Like, I remember that. TV. That was a pretty quick visit. I mean, really? So what home. was it that stuck out specifically? Uh, Diesel <laughs> Dave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. no. That's you, what Discovery saw. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, you kind of, you, you know, you know, we meet a lot of people and anytime we meet someone or go into a world where all, I, just, the brain is always going like, how do I make a TV show? How do I make a TV show? And one thing that is, in our opinion, is like that most important thing is like it's big personalities doing unique things. And, and not only unique, but also somewhat simple things, right? Like it has to be, has to be somewhat, you have to simplify people's world to be able to make it a TV show. Right. Um, because one thing that I found when we first started talking about, when we got into the TV business, I was like, 
throwing out ideas and I'm sure everybody in the world has had the, the idea to do like a travel show and I'm going to follow me as I go to every country. Mm-hmm. Turns out shows that have a lot of moving parts like that um, and almost too much information are really hard to produce, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're hard to produce. They're expensive to produce. The reason that you know, non-scripted TV is so popular is that with, you know, it's, it's popular, people watch it, but it's also popular within the networks because it's inexpensive programming to make. So they can have a couple big blue chip, really expensive, you know, scripted series, and then they can, you know, kind of fill out their, you know, hours of content with non-scripted. And, you know, there's a variety, there's expensive and, you know, inexpensive non-scripted, but, you know, that's kind of, you know, part of their strategy. They need to fill hours of the day with programming. Right. You know? And so uh, Discovery obviously has a unique... Discovery doesn't do a lot of scripted stuff. No, not I mean, anymore. not anymore. They, they they did a couple things. Like they, Harley and the Davidsons was yep, one of mm-hmm. them. And um, then they did a gold... Uh, gold... Klondike. Klondike. Thank you. Loosely based off of Gold Rush. Yeah. It, the original Gold Rush. Yeah, yeah it was gotcha. the original Gold... It was the telling of the original story of oh, okay, Gold gotcha. Rush, basically. Yeah. So it's it's pretty like from somebody who doesn't understand the TV business at all. When yep. you first start hearing this stuff, it's interesting. It's super intriguing to figure out how and why certain things happen and why certain shows are on twice a year and why other shows are on forty times a year. Um, and that's one thing that I want to help you. I want you guys to help the listeners understand is what it takes to produce a TV show. Um, our TV show, although it's fairly simple in concept, it's pretty complex when it comes down to yep. like the production side of it because. I mean, how many hours of footage? Let's forty-three minutes, right? Is that's mm-hmm. about the the length of a TV show? That's yeah. how much time we we put into one episode. How much time do you think really went into creating those forty-three minutes? As far as like time on a freaking on like a car, on a memory card on a camera, I would say usually the ratio. I'm not sure what your specific ratio is, but usually the ratio is like eighty-eight hours of shooting gets you forty forty-two minutes. Jeez. I think with you guys though. To be honest, it's probably that first season. It might have yeah. been a hundred or two hundred oh, hours, easily, because you know. And then you guys are also building, you know, the you know big personality, unique, you know, and what you're doing is unique, right? Like you're building these big, epic, awesome vehicles. Yeah, and it takes time to do. It that. takes time. <laughs> does that make a TV show hard? Oh, so let's. You know that, what I mean? Yeah, we'll talk about that part <laughs> when we first. Uh, Locked in our deal with these guys. They said, okay, here's what's going to happen. In May of 2015, it was either April or May, they're like, we're going to send a crew out, a full production crew, um, cameraman, the showrunner, all these different people. It was like, I think the first time we had a a crew out here was probably 30 plus people. And uh, the goal was to shoot our TV show, our first season, which was eight episodes, Mm -hmm. six episodes plus two more that got added. Six and then they ordered two. Uh, The plan was to shoot it all in six weeks. And (laughs) we all looked at the- Which you said we could do, I did, I absolutely. (laughs) I I looked at the calendar, I looked at the builds, I looked at you guys, we looked at everything and just said, all right, yeah, we'll give it a shot. I mean, we had no idea because I had no idea what the- production process would do to my process mm-hmm. and they had no idea what my process would do to the production process meaning when you're actually trying to build a, a truck in real life there's a lot that has to happen there's a lot of noise right. that has to be made there's a lot of parts you have to track down well their world they need clean audio they need good clean shots of trucks going together they need to be able to like <laughs> st- take a step back and 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 put yeah. that uh, you know wheel and tire on the truck one more time because the angle wasn't perfect <laughs> when you're doing certain parts of the show like a big reveal yeah. when you want to make it look good now the re- the real stuff like GoPro footage and stuff that's run and gun and you, you get what you get but we 
grossly underestimated the amount of time it would take to produce our first season. Sure. Um, we thought it was six weeks. We ended up eight, nine months. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, yeah. probably oh, nine oh. months. Yeah. How at least. terrifying was that for you guys? I mean, it was. It, we spent a lot of money. <laughs> a lot. Uh, <laughs> and but I mean, we you know you you guys were so much fun to work with in that you know just you you built cool things and the it, yeah and the things that you were building were were awesome yeah. you know so but we had no guarantee that the show would even would work, even work no but the audience point. found you and it was like no yeah i mean that's the thing like when we aired uh, it was like january 4th or january 6th of 2016 it was the one day before after my birthday so i remember that yeah um we just put it out there and we're like okay well we had a built-in social media audience that we were excited to be able to kind of help leverage to get viewership yep. but at the end of the day people watch tv when they watch TV, like if it's available right then and there, you have to bank on them being available right then and there to watch it. Yep. So the show aired, and like I think there was a huge sigh of relief mm-hmm. the day later, right? Yep. Well, uh, we got a, a huge sigh of relief that night because we had warned you and your guys here leading up that TV does something for your business you'll never understand. Yeah. You're like, no, no, our servers are fine. Oh, yeah. Our servers are going to be mm-hmm. fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And within 10 minutes of the show being on the air, all your servers shut down. Yep. That is that is a That's conversation fun. I have with people all the time. They're, they're always saying, well, what has the TV show done for your business? And I'm like, there's no way to describe what it, what it did. I mean, eventually you, I don't want to say you plateau, but that growth isn't rocket yeah. ship every single day. But when the TV show first aired, it's like, we thought we were ready. We were not ready. I did not realize how many people in this world didn't know about us because they don't see us on social media, mm-hmm. but instead they, they needed to find out about us on TV. Yeah. TV is still a big business. Yeah. It's yeah. a huge business. There's a reason why, um, you know, there's so many shows being developed and being launched, but that's kind of what I want to ask you guys about is what your opinion is as far as like the future of TV and moving forward. And you guys just have to adapt and evolve. And it's like your business is, is literally different every six months, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, the it's it's it is a a question that the entire industry is struggling with because there's a there's the world of the OTTs like the Netflix the Hulu's you know all all of that you know we're, uh, you know we live in the cable world like right. that's where we make the majority of our programming and that's a dual revenue stream so they they the networks get money from advertising and they get money from subscriptions right oh yeah so it's a really it's a there's a healthy model and then they can monetize shows internationally and there's you know there's there's lots of ways to that they can monetize programming let's actually talk about what how how you gauge a successful TV show and it's by the rating system right yeah it's the nielsen rating yeah. system which is completely Antiquated. Thank and, you. I wasn't sure if yeah. you could say that or not, yeah, but I mean, it is can, bizarre. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, but it's a system that people have been using forever, and so I think that. But on a, to break it down, it's basically if you opted in to be a Nielsen family, you yes. get this box yep. in your house yep. that tracks what you watch. That's well, right. you still have to record it with paper and pen. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you do. You, you really have to do. Record your your viewing. Oh, in certain instances, my. and then yes. a courier comes or a <laughs> yeah. pigeon. No, Pony yeah, Express. Pigeon. You fax it. Yes. Yeah, and a horse. Okay, <laughs> a they don't have fax yet. <laughs> no, it's okay. facsimiles. Um, <laughs> it, it is like, like mimeograph. It is there. so crazy how the Nielsen rating systems work because basically they're just going off of certain households that they know watch TV, and they're saying, okay, that many people watched it, and then do they? multiply that number yes. by other people that they would assume are in the same demographic. Yeah. Yes. So they call that an average or that's their baseline. That's yep. your rating. And that's, then, okay. That's how, that's how, So when a show uh, airs, our show aired at a 1.2? Yes. Yeah, something. So that means one, their, their number said 1.2 million people were watching the show. 
Is that 1.2 million Nielsen customers? No, it's 1.2% of all people who had Discovery uh-huh. were watching Discovery at that point. Watching the it's show. Not necessarily so when number. I was tuning in, it didn't mean a damn thing? Because I always no. felt like I was supporting no. you. I was always like, oh, my it, boy's on TV. It I'm doesn't, right? In. No, you got to get a Nielsen my box. My phone doesn't mean anything. Get a Nielsen box. Get on yeah. Amazon Shoot. and get a Nielsen box. Yeah. So how Why would you go? do that? What, why would you be incentivized to do a Nielsen box? I think Free paper. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> do you get free cable? I, I don't know if you. Have, I think there is some kind of monetary incentive. I'm not 100 yeah, sure. Gotcha. Maybe their cable's free or something. Yeah. Huh. So how do you go from that? I might be going off topic, but how do you go from there to saying Netflix or somebody wanting to buy old seasons or how does that work? Is that a thing? It, so once you guys produce a show, meaning Diesel Brothers, yep. you don't own it. No. No. Then you're producing that directly for Discovery and they Discovery own and, yeah, everything. And, and they own it. So we're in the business of making your television show. You're just producing it. They're just making- but Discovery does sell some of their shows to Netflix or something? They, they used to. They used okay. to own it now. Got yeah. it. But now, so now they're starting that, you know, they have Discovery Go, which is their own- you know, kind of OTT service. Perfect. So OTT is, what does that stand for? I know it's uh, something on, awesome. But they must be getting <laughs> some data from that. I think it's a reference you to a time TV. A loan movie? Yeah. No? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, yeah. Oh, face Sorry. off. Yeah. No, but I, the difference with Discovery Go is you still have to be a cable subscriber in order to log on. So it's not really an OTT like Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It's not. So it's because Discovery's still for the most part a cable network. A cable network and they can't go and you can't because of their carrier's Relationships with their cable companies, they can't just go and let you watch it for free somewhere else. Right, so, but I mean, they're probably getting some sort of data from how many people on Discovery Go are watching specifically yes, Lisa Brothers yes. or another Which show. Which is why they like to drive you to Discovery Go, so they can actually get some data to who is actually watching right. the show. And they can get very statistics for that? Of that data? I'm sure there is. It's not, they I just mean, keep it. Not to okay. share. Some, they don't okay. share that. So the network then, uh, once they find out they have a successful TV show, which in this day and age, anything above a 0.8 on cable is working? It kind of mm. depends on the network, but yeah, I mean, point eight, it, it depends. Every network has their different, yeah. you know, like... Because a, some networks are smaller, they have a smaller base, so they... A point four right. is good for them. But they take those numbers and they then uh, use them to sell their advertising yes. spots. So yep. they go to Coke and Chevy and these big national advertisers and say, hey, this many people are watching this show this time of night. Do you want to buy ad, ad placement there, right? Exactly. And then if that following season after they've sold the ads, if we don't hit that number, then that company comes back and gets what is called a make good where they get free advertising. Oh, from the network. For, for future different shows at that point. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and they also changed their rating or they added to the rating system. So there's there's the live, which is you know what people are sitting on their couch watching. Monday night at, uh, what's our show? 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock. Yeah, 10 o'clock if people a, are sitting at 10 o'clock Monday night watching, Monday night the, show, watching the show, that's what counts. Yep. And then, and then just recently they've been using plus three. So it's plus three days off if someone watches on a DVR. So, Which is great. That's yeah. a, a step in the right direction. It is, because yeah. you you know, I think with your show, I think you probably see a 30 to 40% yeah. bump in the ratings. Yeah, tons of people are, are I mean, that, our generation, and it's just getting, like, it's changing even more every single day. People want to do things on their own time. They don't want to have yeah. to be yeah. Everything married to the, to the schedule of the TV. Yep. And so, you know, that's how my family is. We'll DVR our show and we'll watch it. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes we'll watch six shows in a row in one night. Yep. Right, that's for just four days straight. Right, yeah. exactly. You binge watch it. Yeah. I, binge watching is becoming a thing that's way more like real, right? Yeah. yeah. I expect that's what Netflix is basically yep. kind of like. That's their whole model. Cultivated. I'm not their whole model, but they, you know, they'll put out an entire Are you a binge watcher? On, we have been, yeah. I binge watched uh, the Ozarks show. 
uh, on Netflix. Clarify. What is a binge watch? Two or three episodes in a night. Oh, that seems acceptable. I was thinking like you stayed up all night. I I feel like I do. You know, two or three episodes of an hour TV show, that's three hours of TV. That's a lot of TV for me. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just, there are people who will stay up all night. Yeah, watch a whole season. All weekend. Absolutely. That is wild. Yeah. So, wow. Um, and I mean, you've, we've recently, even especially since your show has been on and only because of where we are in the news cycle, but you can see when there's a big news night because your ratings will be down live. And oh, then yeah. three nights later, you'll see, or the plus threes, you'll see, oh, okay, it was because of that news event. Well, it's it, really <laughs> impacting. Right, it like does. Monday it night, will, football television. game that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Can, can you're competing, yeah. you're competing yeah. for viewers, um, yeah. especially since they're only being able to measure certain people that have certain boxes. You know the, the the ratings boxes. So if my guy that loves my TV show, his team's playing that night, yep. I lost him, yep. and I don't get that rating. How do you get so lucky to be on Monday Night TV, <laughs> Monday Night Football? You know, it's actually always been pretty good for us. Uh, we did have one season that sucked, but it was kind of the the, the content was great, but the timing was um, Houston hurricane. Oh yeah, the yeah. presidential election with Donald <laughs> Trump, and then Florida hurricane. So like within the thirty to sixty day window exactly when our show was airing mm. all these huge things like shit hit the fan and we literally like saw like every single day we get these reports after the show airs and we're like damn it where's everybody at wow. and your it's, biggest markets are texas and florida exactly. and they were losing power no one had power exactly so we losing those whole markets and, but yeah. the, the problem is uh you, you like there's really no excuses for bad ratings like no, you can't you no, can't go no. to the network and be like hey listen you saw what happened in, in houston yeah. and, and they're like okay well the ratings are bad and so we we don't really care what happened because now we just have advertisers who are pissed. Yeah, we got to sell them. Right. Yeah. So uh, bad ratings, you know, when a show starts dying, do you see the ratings just kind of slowly start tapering? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they just drop off one day to the next. Uh, I mean, or they can. Depends. They, they can, can you know. but usually, you know, so they'll measure the quarter hours. So within an hour of a television series, every quarter hour, they'll take a meter reading. Uh, and you can, healthy shows, you know, start low and build unhealthy shows start high and decline meaning so, if there's a hundred people watching when the show started and there's only 40 left when the show yeah. ended that's not good you're yeah. in trouble yeah. yeah yeah so that's like you know and there's just various ways they have minute minute by minute reading so they can get very macro about oh during this scene you know no one likes you know this character or this happens at this time and the viewers are leaving the show right you know, so is, is there a change coming in the rating system no, I don't know. Not not uh, on the horizon. I mean, I think it was CBS recently who just tried to fight the Nielsen system. Yeah, and in the end, they had no choice but to come back into it. Yeah, that but some insane. people use plus sevens. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're so you know they're looking at it that way. There, I mean, there's there's a plus thirty really? model too. Well, there's still you know? people that are watching TV. Yeah. They're and just it, yeah, it not watching it, it on the couch, right? At that one moment. I mean, it's probably a great time as we're talking about ratings to remind your listeners that a new season of Diesel Brothers <laughs> premiered. It, <laughs> Oh, we can say that date now? Oh, I don't know oh. if we can say that. <laughs> well, yeah, there it is. And now it's, well, actually, hey, uh, I've been. <laughs> well, Dave, you tell us. Can we say that date? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I've actually been avoiding. That's one thing that I've learned in the TV business is you got to be careful what you reveal too soon. And obviously, every episode of our show has a big reveal. And in the first season, First season wasn't a huge issue, but we've dealt with it throughout a couple of the seasons where the vehicle, which is the cool main element, the reason why people wait 43 minutes, yep. has been revealed either on social media or beforehand. And those are frustrating moments because we feel like that probably hurts the viewership of the show because if somebody was going to stick around until you know 11 o'clock to see that big, massive truck be unveiled, 
they didn't have to because they could just go to either my Facebook or somebody's social media and say, there it is. So I've been careful to try to not to, you know, blow the big reveals. But at the same time, one thing that we struggled with when we first started doing business with you guys and making this TV show was how to live on this weird time space yeah, merge like, the two. Yeah, mm-hmm. of, of our businesses, right? Like real time, up to the minute, what's happening today, tomorrow. And TV is always like six months down the road or eight months down the road or three weeks or two weeks in our case sometimes. Uh, <laughs> what, what yeah, is we have the, to talk to you about a couple of things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we've, we, we've definitely had you guys on the edge of your seats probably a number of times where we're airing and filming at the same time, which is like unheard of, right? I'm not sure when we've been off the edge of our seat. Yeah, <laughs> still waiting. Yeah, no, it, it's we, and I, I actually think, you know, you guys, it's such a unique, because you, you, you have such a strong social world. And, it, and it's, it's really, I think, why the show is so unique is that you're the first person, I think, on Discovery that really had this whole world happening. Right. So, is I, so I think we've been working on bringing those two things closer and closer and closer together. And at the end of this season, which we can't, we can't talk about it, but we have something yep. that is, is, is in the moment. It's basically. what we've been working towards all along yeah. when we started this uh, program. It's basically bringing our world and the TV world on the same page in the same night. Yes. And it's going to be amazing. Yes. Um, we just need to get editors to edit faster. And we need to get you content quicker. So <laughs> yeah. that is, that's the tricky part about what we do is we're out here in Salt Lake City, Utah, obviously building these vehicles and we're waiting on, it's, it's like the most frustrating process because let's, let's break it down piece by piece. We go buy a truck. Mm-hmm. We then have to figure out what we're going to do with that truck. That has to be a part that we, that, that's, that's a, it's that's a scene. Yep. Okay. So we wait for that part to happen based off of my schedule, the schedule, whoever schedule. Okay, bam, we got that part. The next part is let's get in the shop and get it broken down. Is there room for it in the shop? Mm-hmm. Is there like, is, is there space? Is there another build happening? Okay, great. We finally get in the shop. We tear it down. Next item of business, we have to get parts. Um, one thing that we've always struggled with with our show is we, we do everything in the moment. And so we never know like, okay, we just tore a truck down shoot now we need a part that's four weeks out or six weeks out and so then we have to sit there and wait for parts all right part finally arrives then we have to wait for me or muscle or dave or whoever it is to come in and deliver that part and be part of the show because you can't just have a show that's all about mechanics without Mm -hmm. any you know without diesel dave or myself or the muscle and vice versa you can't have a show that's just about me diesel dave and the muscle delivering parts and not showing the process so it's like this this fine like blend of process versus entertainment and the the scene work so you see these steps start starting to add up um and you know by the time you get to the actual reveal of the truck you've got a hundred things that you've had to wait on a hundred people and schedules that you've had to wait on and then that's like only half the job from there the footage then has to go to new york to where your your office to your editors to, uh, Mm -hmm. to what we call post and they then have to tie this whole thing together because without a good editors, I don't care how great your camera work is or how great your, your show is truth in the world. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 yep. it would look terrible and it would never work. Our show would not work if we didn't have the editors that we have back in New York yep. doing what they're yep. doing because but you have some of the best in New York. Are they, we your, have down. Are they your editors? Are they the, the networks editors? All right. So, I mean, they're, they're freelance employees, you know, but they've been working with us, you know, on and off forever. So we have relationships with them, but I, I don't think anybody realizes how difficult that part of this job is. They have to sift through, like you said, on average, 88 hours of TV to make 43 minutes. So you have to like dig through all this footage. You've got, you know, even here at, at our office, one of the uh, producers, her name's Sarah, as soon as something's filmed, 
it gets loaded into a computer and she starts basically taking inventory of it, right? Yep, she logs the footage so that the, you know, so then when it gets sent back to New York, the person in New York that receives it, they can load it and ingest it into our edit, you know, edit facility. And then you got you to gotta catalog all that. You know, you have to keep track because maybe there's a part of that build that's really important, but no one really thought it was that important until yeah. until yeah. the the eighth scene of the show, where all of a sudden you realize, oh, you know, this whatever it is is broken, and the reason it's broken is what the thing that right. we saw, you know, yeah. three or four months ago. Yeah, <laughs> so and it has to, to be cataloged yeah. and labeled, and and yeah. that is like that that yes. job right there terrifies me. Yeah, like it is of... painstakingly like detailed watching, and and there, you got to realize that. In reality TV, not everything happens just from A to B. Like it's not just you're not just following the process and it's simple and perfect. There's a lot of times where either I'll fumble over my words or like a plane will fly by and we'll have to stop because the audio sucked. So it's not like we're scripted, but we have to like make sure we're delivering the information the right way. Because if we don't, it makes for a terrible TV show with terrible audio and terrible visual that people just won't watch, right? Yep. So I think sometimes people start to think like, well, it's all scripted. It's not scripted. It's just there has to be a common thread that ties the whole thing together. And if you're not able to hit those like key moments of a TV show, then you're not going to have a good TV show. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where we have to go back and do things. Um, I don't want to say pick up. A, I mean, you, you know, there are times when you have to pick something up. You know, it's like, oh, we needed a shot of that tire right. being put on because that turned out to be a really important part of the process. So right. let's go and just shoot. So that. is I mean, when you look at a, a, at a show like this. Does it scare you? Because I mean, let's say Long Island, uh, Long well, Island yeah, Medium. Yeah. I mean, that's one lady, and she goes and talks to people. I'm yes. sure that that episode can develop a lot quicker than it's a breeze building a us. truck. It, it so, did, did they scare you? You know? Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> still scary. It, you know. Still, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, ignorance was bliss. You know, I think audio. <laughs> Dave sh- convinced us he could do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I do did. it quickly. I did. But making shows about vehicles, you know, it's just it's a long process. Yeah. You know, and I think that. You know, we just, you know, we thought we had a good plan and, uh, you know. Obviously successful and you made the right choice, but I, I'm just saying, like, looking at it, I mean, when it takes that long to build a truck compared to, you know, other things you could be doing, it seems like theirs is a little bit longer to develop, it is. you know? It is, and it, you just have to be, you know, that's why there's we, there's always multiple builds going on because then while you're waiting on the part over here, you can be shooting something else over there. You know, you're, you, yeah. you know, you're kind of, it's always like, it's like this moving, you know, jigsaw puzzle. You you've know? never, you've never had to um, logistically adapt to a show as much of ours, as much as you have to ours. Uh, I think that every show has its own unique like evolution, world, evolution, yeah. you know, so like the Long Island medium and Teresa, you know, it, it is, it's you know, straightforward. She shows up, she does a reading, you know, we shoot some reality with her home life, you know, but there's a whole layer of, um, you have to clear the stories about people who have died. And that was not something we ever really thought we needed to do, but you have to go find the life rights to, uh-huh. so you can't just wow. say someone tells you about someone that passed away, you can't just put that on TV. You actually have to go get permission from the dead and whoever holds their life rights. Like a next of kin. A next of kin. A- so, so, you know, it's like every show, you know, you go, you always go into it like, ah, oh, we got this. And, and there's <laughs> always, always, always Anyone ever said else. no? Uh, it said no to making a show? Well, I mean, on like, life rights. Yeah. Oh, life rights. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely had people. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, we're, we're, 
now we know exactly what we want and what we're looking for. So when we go into it, we're much more conscious about, you know, where we know what our problem areas are going to be. But I, I would say making TV, and I think I told you this probably that first time we met, it's like running in a swimming pool. Yeah, you, uh, dude, you are a total glutton for punishment because if you break it down, basically in your world, especially on scripted TV, yeah. you have to first go have the ambition to try and try and try and try all these different like um, ideas with different people and different businesses and hope that at some point a network is going to be like, I like that idea. Yep. Step two, you then have to go to, um, what's the moonshiner guy's name? Um, Tim, Tim, Smith. Tim Then you have to say, okay, Tim, the network likes your idea. Uh, let us follow your world and, and be okay with this and learn how to talk to the camera. And so you have to basically then train somebody how to, be okay with the cameras being around and, yep. and, you know, live that bizarre relationship of reality versus, uh, reality TV, which yep. is they're one and the same, but they're two totally different things. Then from there, you have to figure out how to make a story about that person and their life and what they do and make it interesting enough to be a successful TV show. Yep. From there, you have to then produce it and go through hundreds of hours of footage to be able to create a 40 minute, you know, yep. uh, TV show mm-hmm. and, it's just, but, and then you have to do that over and over. I don't want your job. Well, then, over then, again. You, you know, then you put it on TV and you have to hope someone watches it. Exactly. But the other twist is sometimes you'll do that and then the network president will change and the new president will show up and they'll say, I don't want to put any shows on that where that other person's hits. So, yeah, the previous so, president had this hit. Yeah, I don't want that on my I, legacy. That's, so. that's not my legacy. So. so even if the show works, they could can it. Yeah, or you, oh. or right before it's about to air, they're like, you know, we're going to put it on the shelf, or we're going to air this at Sunday at one a.m. And you're Why like, oh. do you but, do what you do? <laughs> but you, you, you missed the beat. the first step, the AAA early step is that you've got to find talent. Right. You've got to find. I mean, Matt and I have been in the craziest parts of our country. That's the best part about your guys' story yeah. because you you guys are on the road weekly almost yeah. looking for people that would yeah. make good TV. Yes. What's the craziest stuff you've come across besides uh, us? Um, <laughs> I don't know. About, I mean, it's funny. We go into places and I know in one, like literally two seconds and I will look at Jason and there was one time we met a guy who really nice guy hadn't met him spoken to him but he was going to give us a whole tour of his his world this whole thing had a whole day and I knew in the first five seconds and literally I'm just looking at Jason I'm like you gotta get me out of here, get me out of here. Like, this guy is dead behind the eyes yeah. get me out of here get me out of here so. yeah and then there was this one time Matt and I went into this guy's house to talk to him about doing a show mm-hmm. and we sit down in his living room and I look over on his counter are his dentures and oh, in geez. his dentures are a chicken bone what <laughs> What? So I'm looking at Matt being like, you got to get me out of here. So what's his show? Uh, He's on Moonshiners. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the crazy thing about what you guys do is you like you have no box that you fit in because it's reality TV. So you're not just looking for automotive programs. Mm-hmm. You're not just looking for crab fishing programs. Like you are looking for whatever, whatever makes entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, next? Next? What's, what's next? What's next? I mean, with you guys, trucks had not as they say, worked on TV. Right, yeah. So everyone's like, you could try it, but trucks don't work. Nobody thought it would work. No one thought it would work. Trucks don't rate. Like, there's three things, trucks, horses, and fires. Those three things networks say don't rate. Really? Yeah. Um, Fires. Fires. Fire. Horses? Surfing, yeah. Horses don't rate. Horses. I couldn't. I couldn't watch surfing. Don't tell Muscle. So I just bought a horse. Yeah, don't, that's. Uh, so they rate in his house, but that's probably it. <laughs> that's funny. So that's what funny. else has changed or evolved? Like five years ago, what was in versus now? Um, I mean, 
to be honest, the biggest change is the phones. You know, is Instagram, Facebook. That is, that's television shows. They're just made by you guys. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, and I think that's, that's the world that we're trying to figure out is that you, it's that more, how do we become more immediate and less of like this long, slow process, right. uh-huh. you know? So could you guys gauge talent a little bit off of people's Instagram, social media? We always, I mean, it's all, it's, to be honest, it's great because you do, you, you know, it saves uh-huh. you an air, yeah. an air you know, you can, get, you can get, it's a right. resume. Yeah, it's it a little, is. Yeah, yeah, it is. absolutely. Yeah. You know, you look at it, is this person articulate? Are they outgoing? Are they, you know, can they, can they talk? Right. You know, I mean, that's important. Um, you know, if you're going to be on TV. How many people do you come across that desperately want a TV show? I think, I think next to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's, me. that's not me. No, <laughs> no, I mean the fame juice, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, huh. I think a lot of people, I think, but that's allows us into people's worlds too. That's the coolest thing about what we do, right? Is we get to meet people. We usually, we try to meet the people that are the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, you know, you guys are the best at building those crazy trucks. Right. And so you, so you meet, and that, that person is usually very plugged into the world. And so because we're television producers and they want, you know, we want to all make a show together, that person will take you into that world and show you all the coolest stuff, all the cool people in that world. So you get like front row seat, you know, you're not knocking on the front door. You're coming right into the VIP lounge and you're getting shown around. But you're kissing a lot of frogs before you find that print. Yeah, sure. Say, have you ever bet on a bad horse and, and bet a lot of money on a bad horse? Yeah, yeah ask we, Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did I you look at that, that horse? That it looked like yes. It. It. I was, yeah. We looked that's at it. So we're like, funny. Oh how God, did he find a horse version of him? Of <laughs> that's, that's what we said yeah. too. Uh, yeah, have you guys thrown a lot of money at something that didn't work? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's a long game. It is. It's a long game, and it's we. It's kind of like it's it's a it's like gambling. You know, we're we're trying to put as many kind of chips on the on the board, or you know, whatever that is, um, because you know, it's a volume game, and you know, hopefully, with our experience and our time, we get a quicker sense of things before we, you know, completely bet the farm on. Have you had a star decline? Someone that you wanted to do a show with, and they were like, "Nah." I don't think I doubt it. No, who would say no? Dave says that every once in a while. I've said no a hundred times, but (laughs) I always always come back. You've never approached somebody and they declined. We have, yeah. Yeah. People are like, once you get into the nitty gritty of it, sometimes people are like, yeah, maybe this is not right for me. But that is another part of your job that is probably very frustrating at times. Is you have to constantly babysit and convince. Even like I know that you have to babysit us, you know, a lot. You have to like uh, figure out a way to. Um, make us want to do what you want us to do and understand why that's good for the business as a whole. You know what I mean? Um, so it's definitely a very interesting dynamic. But I mean, I think you also end up in rooms and worlds that you never even imagined, right? right? Yeah. Like you get invitations to things or or there's opportunities, you know, so- you know. I, was, I was positioned- I, like the timing was perfect for us yeah. because we were headed that direction with the entertainment on YouTube and like uh, social yeah, media content creation. Yep. And so the timing worked out really well, but for the stars to align like it did for us is just, it's like one in a million. It is, it is, it is absolutely. And it so really is. that is, that kind of defines Dave though. Like, I don't know how many times I've, I've been driving and someone calls me and like, do you hear what Dave's going to do? Can you believe he doesn't know anything about this or that or whatever. <laughs> 
And it's like, yeah, but he's going to figure it out because he always does. And they're yeah. like, yeah, but I mean, I've tried and you know, it just sure didn't work for me. And I'm like, yeah, well, no, he's not. That's He's not a normal person. No. Yeah, right. probably not smart enough like, to oh, fully. Did you hear what Dave's going to do? <laughs> and then we have to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, but I mean, Sparks, I think you, you know, you're a guy that just goes and does stuff. Well, yeah, I am for My sure. My favorite kind of people. But and that's, that's, that's good and bad. Be. But you, you know, we've you had conversations where the tail of the dragon is very long. It is a long yeah. tail. Uh, because yeah. I, you know, uh, <laughs> right. You'll go do something. I'll be like, well, there's 80 other people. <laughs> right. Exactly. Get, you know, but that, but you know, because when I make, I could make a small change, right? I could say, I don't want to give that truck away now. Instead, I'm going to sell it. Well, we may have already produced 10 hours, 12 <laughs> hours, 20 hours of footage to tell this, you know, you know half the episode was we were going to give it away. Nope. Now we got to like course correct and go this way. And so we've done that. You guys have adapted really well to that. I, I do not, like I said, I do not envy you the fact that you guys have to work with us because we're very, 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 very shoot from the hip, move fast. But uh, you've learned how to create a TV show out of that and yep. you've adapted to it and we're continually adapting. We're getting to a place where we're finally, like for us, we're in season five, right? No, I mean, to, 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 according to the viewers, we're going into season five. Yeah. Yeah. Internally, we're only on season two. It's a little trick that the networks do to be able to get you at the same rate for multiple years. Um but we're finally, after three, four years, we're going on four years working together, mm-hmm. kind of starting to find a rhythm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, huh. it's taken us that long because, dude, there's been times where we've had meetings like over and over and over saying this isn't working. We're not going to be able to figure this out because the problem is when the network comes to us and says, hey, we want 20, ep- 20 episodes of Diesel Brothers. We're like, okay, perfect. We're going to do it. And then we start trying to shoot 20 episodes of Diesel Brothers and we shoot eight and then we're already like a year into just shooting eight episodes and we're like, okay, so we still owe them 12 episodes. <laughs> How are we going to do that? It, Does in- it affect your business? Like when you're filming, obviously you have to do things a lot slower. Is it, do, you, is it find, do you find that filming the show, it makes your regular business harder to do? It did when we first started doing it and I hated it because I felt, you guys have heard me complain about this all the mm-hmm. time. I got to be able to run my business. I got to do my yep. business. And so it's been this like, uh, balancing act of trying to figure out how to make me available because a guy like me and a guy like Diesel Dave and Muscle and Redbeard have to be available for a big chunk of the show, especially Dave and I because we kind of host the show. We're, we're, we're the stars of the show, which yep. means we're in, mm, what, 80% of the show? Yeah. So that means we have to be available and we have to you know be able to dedicate time to make this work. But on the flip side of that, we have to, I have to run the business. Now, right. what's beautiful about our relationship um, is Diesel Dave is not as hands-on with the business here as far as like he doesn't have to manage daily operations. His whole role in this business, even before the TV show started, was to be the guy creating content. So that makes him a little bit more available to shoot some more stuff. So when you see parts of the show where Diesel Dave's doing like a green screen moment or he's doing like a funny story or a recreation of like a YouTube video, it's because that's his job. He has more time to do that where I have to be more kind of in and out on the stuff because I don't have two, three, four, five days a week to dedicate to just this. How much influence does the network have on your content or you guys do 90% of that or they have final say on everything. So if they see something they don't like, yeah, they, they have, say change it. They have final say, um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll sit with Dave at the beginning of the season, talk about what are the builds coming up. We'll send those builds to the network and, you know, they usually say, yeah, this looks great. You know, sometimes they might say, Hey, you know, 
you know, you have too many of this type. Is there, you know, what can can you add something else? Can you change it up? So, mm. but and it's fluid. It changes. It is, yeah. And the more we do the show, the more, the they, more trust they trust us, right. and the more comfortable right. they are. We're, with we're us. in the best place we've ever been with the network, like because they know that they kind of know what to expect from us. Finally, it took a few years for them to be like, okay, what rabbit are they going to pull out of their hat next? Mm-hmm. Now they understand, like, okay, if there's a big change. There was a big change the previous season, and it worked, so it might work now. They're just giving us more like leeway to be able to do that kind of stuff, but um, it is still very much a us. Like I have to go to LA and convince these people why this truck build makes sense over you know mm-hmm. why I can't do a gas build on the show versus a diesel build, like that that kind of stuff because. They have their understanding of what viewers want because they have data. Yep. And I have my understanding of what viewers want because I have real-time social media people who give me feedback. And so it's constantly like, well, I think this works. And they say, well, no, we know this works or that doesn't work. And so it is push-pull, push-pull, push-pull until you finally find like that happy place where it's like, okay, let's give that a shot. So it is, it is so much more complex. And that's why I wanted to talk about this on the, on the yeah. podcast tonight because really this episode is not going to be about you know, improving your life and finding like drastic things that you can do to implement, to become like happier and better, more successful. Really, this is like informational. I want this to be kind of an educational episode about uh, how reality TV works because to me, it's just fascinating. And if it's fascinating to me, I have a very I'm intrigued. A, a short attention span. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of people would like to hear this and, and see it. Right. So that's why we're giving you just kind of some of these weird ins and outs and quirks of the industry. But I mean, what like I have a really hard time understanding how you guys stay motivated to continue to create new shows. Because well, he's got a really gray beard, so I'm yeah, yeah, you <laughs> do. stressful does, points. Yeah. Sure. You got a hat yeah. on, but I'm sure there's a few grays yeah, there too. I'm 21. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it is, it's, it, I, I, I don't know. I love, I love going into worlds. Like how cool is it? And, and we end up in weird places. What you makes know, a successful TV show? I think I, I think what I think killer talent is killer talent. Priority. It's really all about you have to you know you you, you get the person at home has to want to watch and care about that person. Is there also a car crash factor? Like you can't look away, like Alaskan Bush people. Maybe yeah. I feel like I watch that show because I don't really care about what they're doing. Yeah, but I'm kind of curious to see how awkward they're going to be in the next scene. Yeah, and that's why that's why Steve season one. Yeah, um, yeah. the <laughs> network loved him. People loved him. I didn't like, he wasn't the favorite guy around the shop. I mean, Steve's my buddy and we've been buddies for a long time. But um, when I heard that he was like one of the most loved characters on the show, I was really taken back. Like, really? Steve? He, yeah, I think people liked him too because he was so, I'm, this is nothing against him, but he was like the complainy guy. Right. Like the curmudgeon. You know, that was like the curmudgeon that would tell Sparks, like, you're never going to be able to do that. And right. then Sparks would always do it. You he, know? he was, was, he was like, that yeah. resistance. Yeah. Like, he, he was, and he was quirky. And yeah. so, Sometimes it's just a matter of being quirky. Like uh, that's probably why Uncle Cy worked on uh, yep. Duck Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Just kind of quirky and a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. And I think that makes for you know good entertainment. So yeah. you guys have to find those types of people, but you also have to find somebody like myself who can actually keep the whole thing together and keep it running. Like I'm not the funny guy on the show. I'm not the clever guy. You say some pretty clever things. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about that. I'm probably just yeah. provoked by, by Dave and, and muscle, but I write most of his comedy. <laughs> yes. But oh, we we where's that? Where's that? Yeah, yeah. Can we do? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was expecting, but yeah, you have a quick wit. But I don't see as much on TV. Yeah, no, it's because the you role don't, you play. Yeah. My role on the show is like all business. I'm the boss. Yeah. But I, I think you're funny. Like you're, you're yeah. still funny and you're killer. You're witty. You're, you're witty, you got yeah. a ton. You, you're great. You know, process. That's you know, what's fun about you the can show. Articulate. Exactly. Complicated mechanical things. 
which is really important. But that's what I enjoy. Yeah. I really, really yeah. enjoy being able to, and this is one thing that we've kind of learned to do on the show is we do what's called breaking the fourth wall. Um, and that's where I can turn to the camera and acknowledge the fact that there's cameras watching. So most reality TV shows, when you watch them, it's like us three are in our own little world and the cameras are right there and we're not acknowledging the cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadpool does this really well where you know Ryan Reynolds turns to the camera and he, and he, he like makes like wisecracks about the production process and about uh, Marvel and X-Men and all that kind of stuff. That's called breaking the fourth wall. And I do it in a way that is when I'm delivering information, is that breaking the fourth wall? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you'll turn to the audience and you'll explain how it goes together. I'll step out of basically the moment that I'm in with my guys yeah. in the shop and I'll, I'll join you're the viewers. You're doing what you do on your phone every day with Instagram. Exactly, that's, yeah. what, that's what I do. And I yeah. say, look, hey, here is this complicated, you know, complex engine, but here's how it works. And I can just break it down. I just I, watched one with the bro dozer on Instagram, YouTube, or the yeah. the videos today I, I talking love about that. the shifting and switching the gears mm-hmm. and all that stuff i okay. enjoy being able to deliver that information and and turns out viewers like that too because yeah it's it's the reason why people watch shows like dirty jobs and all these other shows is because they want to see how things work yeah the science channel what, what, how it's made is that how, yeah, how that, it's made i love that freaking show yeah. and all it is is just like videos of how things are made it's yeah. pretty simple there's not a ton of like comedy or entertainment value it's just process and people love process. So that's where our show is. It's a blessing and a curse for us because we have to figure out that fine, uh, like a balance of, okay, we, people want to see a truck being built. They want to see the paint job. They want to see the engine being built, but there's only X amount of people watching that episode that want to see that. So then the other people are the people that want to see the entertainment. They want to see the characters. They want to hear the jokes. They want to like enjoy the story more than they want to watch something being put together. So we've like experimented with that a ton, right? Yeah. We've tried a lot of process. We've yep. tried very little process. And now we're in a world where we just, we know, we kind of know how and much we need to give. Is, yeah. yeah. And what the viewers are going to like, because our viewers are everyone from, you know, full blown diesel mechanic gearheads to, you know, soccer moms. Yeah. Really. Like yeah. it is a very diverse yep. viewer. Like, And you have to be true to those diesel mechanic guys, you know, make sure that, you know, it, 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 we're presenting something that makes sense and you know but it also has to be articulated in a way that that soccer mom maybe she'll actually care about why a turbo is cool you know right. I mean yeah. it's, it's yeah. kind of that, that mix and, and if you can simplify it in a way that she'll be like oh okay I get that and she doesn't have to become a mechanic or read a mm-hmm. manual um, and I think that in my opinion, is one of the main things that's made our show successful is it's become a family show yes. where the dad can watch it and and be like, yeah, horsepower. And mom can watch it and be like, I love Diesel Dave. And yeah. actually the Cougars, usually older women love uh, Redbeard. Redbeard. They love yes. Redbeard. He's got like that 65 plus demographic of women. I'm not really? joking either. Like when the show first aired, we would get crazy emails and messages from like older ladies saying, I just love Redbeard. He's just the, like, I don't know what it was. Um, but then you got the kids who just want to see the big monster trucks. So, yeah. We have, uh, and I don't think that was ever really intentional. That was kind of a happy accident where we just put it all out there and it turns out our show kind of had something for everybody. Yeah, yeah, um, And th- that's what I love. Like one of my favorite things is when people realize that they're not just watching a car show. Like mm-hmm. When people tell me like, I love your show. And I'm like, oh, do you have a truck? No, but I love, I love your show. Like it's entertaining. I, I watch it with my kids. Mm-hmm. That is... To me, that's when you start to hit like critical mass and you start to hit like more people that are going to watch your show outside of just the regular gearheads or these different people. And that's what makes it fun. And, and that's why we started doing the podcast, to be honest with you, because we don't talk trucks on this podcast. In mm-hmm. fact, I intentionally avoid the topic because 
I don't, there's a time and place for that. And if I was going to talk trucks, I would have a truck related podcast. Yep. This one is a, just a, just a life podcast. And obviously we're kind of in the personal development business category, but at the end of the day, it's, it's helping people understand that just because I love trucks and I love mechanics and I love that kind of stuff. I, I, there's a lot of other things I love as well. Mm-hmm. I, there, I played in the, we were just talking the celebrity softball tournament. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, I, I couldn't have been more proud by the way. You are, you there. might've been the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have to say though, I was saying this earlier. It is amazing that you stepped up as the pitcher. I was like anxious to be the pitcher for some stupid reason. Wait, you were the pitcher through the you whole game. The pitcher no, no, no. The team. Like first the, inning, which I, was pretty much the whole game. I, I, was it like, rough? It was like 17 runs in a row. They yeah. just kept Oh, on you hitting. threw meatballs. Yeah. A lot I, of meatballs. Oh. I just, but still, but to think about like, you know, you, you played a little bit of baseball like when you were seven, it's right? a long time. And then to go on a national stage and be the pitcher for the All-Star game? I had game? no for business being Celebrity All-Star game? No business. That's I funny. I didn't hear this gutsy. part. I heard the part and saw footage of him knocking one out though. Yes. Yeah. Well, the problem was yeah. leading up into that, I had been hitting like, like crazy during practice yep. and stuff. I had a decent run at the game. I had a, a home run and a couple other runs, but it was it was definitely uh, I, the reason I did it is because I wanted people to know like the MLB crowd is a totally different audience than right. the diesel crowd, and we were trying to like blend those two worlds together and marry those different audiences and marry it, them. Yeah, <laughs> marry exactly. <laughs> um, so, Sorry, yeah, that's uh, that's a very inside joke. I've got a question. Sure. So you guys say that you're constantly trying to find the next thing and your wheels are always spinning, right? Mm-hmm. With their found, you know, fame and what they're doing and their success, do you think spinoffs, do those work? I mean, do you look at him and say, can we do a show with the Diesel Brothers yeah. that That's doesn't like take eight, eight months yes, to yeah, produce? Tried. You yeah, know what I mean? And we have, we have a couple of things that are in process. We had one that was 100% in process. Right. Um, and then the timing didn't work out. And it was the, the bad ratings during the hurricane and stuff where I think people probably thought like, hey, don't do a spinoff yet because they yeah. need to focus on getting back to the roots yeah. of what made their show successful. Right. Yeah, the, literally uh-huh. the network was like, we love this idea, but let's just focus on the main series and then we'll talk about the rest. So I think- yeah, but It's so much easier sucks. to do a spinoff because you yeah. already know who you're you know working with and you know the characters yep. and America knows the characters. And so you just have to like, I th- I, honestly, to me- Looking at the TV business from an outsider, kind of an insider point of view, spinoffs are like the bread and like that's that's the yep. sweet spot. So garage rehab for Richard Rawlings, exactly. is, is that is that successful? Yeah, as, yeah. as successful as it Fast and Loud. Another night for Discovery. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean, know if it's as successful as Fast and Loud, but it's successful. Successful. Yeah. I mean, we pitched today: muscle riding horses, fighting fires while surfing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna see how that goes. No spinoffs. I'd are like to see the that. trifecta, yeah. huh? Yeah. What is the most successful reality TV show of all time? Oh, I think that's a tough. I mean, The Bachelor. I uh, know it's Survivor. Duck, duck, Survivor. Uh, cable. Duck oh yeah, cable would be Duck Dynasty for sure. Um, and then it probably would be Survivor. It's been on the longest. Yeah. Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars on cable as well. American Idol. Still American Idol. Yeah, yeah, but that one but you that get into away, a little bit then, more. Yeah. That the feels game like that's show. a game show. Yeah, exactly. I, just, yeah. I feel like yeah, that, that's a straight up game show. It's I mean, interesting. Even the most successful still have a certain shelf life. Yeah. I mean, Duck Dynasty was the biggest hit forever, and then it just literally Orange fell off. County just, choppers just need to give it up. Yeah, no, it eventually just, <laughs> just oh, the, the new one. Yeah, it's not working. Right, they need to give it up. Man. Well, they just did an MLB integration, so we think did that they really help? Yeah. Oh, jeez, <laughs> we did one of those. That was huh? I don't want to hate on those guys, man, but those those bikes they're building are like. Yeah, they, they need to. They need to adapt. That that show had its its its. But they were a genre, the a song. genre definer. 
You yeah, know, I mean, right. they, that mm-hmm. was like all of a sudden it was like you could make motorcycle shows, you know, and so all of, the world went out and tried to make motorcycle shows. And I mean, even this show where everyone was like, oh, truck shows work, they tried a bunch and not many have worked. Truck Night the in show, America. Yeah. Which has its audience, but it's not Diesel yeah. Brothers. So it's yeah. like everyone, they try and chase the most recent hit. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, it's like it's kind of too late. By the time something right. hits, you, you guys are trying to create. Yes. You're trying to find the new. The has Discovery show. had a hit since us? Like a big hit? Um, um, I don't know. Um, I, 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 watch, <laughs> yes. I watch Discovery every night, so I, all their shows are hits to me. <laughs> uh, that's one of those questions that we probably can't get hit TV shows really, really rare. It's hard, and it's hard in this environment, too. Like, you know, when, you know, when we first started our company, there was, there was a time, there was like a gold rush where you would literally go out into the world and you, if you, you would put a flag in a world and you could get a television series out of mm. that, you know? And those worlds don't really, you know, there aren't a lot of those worlds left. So you're seeing more formats, people doing stuff like that. So do you think it's going to make a little bit of a, a little bit of a course correction back in the way that it came? Meaning are people going to start watching TV again a little bit more than they did? Or is it going to just continue to evolve where people will only watch 60 second clips on their phone? I don't know if you, I mean, that, that is the ultimate answer. I think there's going to be attrition in that, you know, a lot of the cable world is going to get shrink a little bit. So those brands, those networks that are successful are going to stay. And there's going to be some of those fringe ones that start to go away because, and then, and then you're in the world of the OTTs. And then again, you're what, what is Instagram? You know, like how do, what does that mean to the world of, Viewing, but there's always going to be, in my opinion, there's always going to be a time and a place for produced TV. Yeah, content yeah. is king. Like as long content as you're is making king. good yeah. and TV, people, people, find people are watching and it, t- taking in more content than ever. They're just doing it more spread out than ever. I right? don't miss Motor Mondays. I'm not a big TV watcher, but I watch Discovery. I watch Motor Mondays. Right. Tuesdays, even though I hate that that Orange County Chopper thing, I like motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. So I watch that show. And outside of that, like I don't watch anything. Yeah. You know? When yeah. was the heyday of reality TV? Early 2000s? Early 2000s, yeah. yeah. That's when like 2000... anything you put on the air reality TV wise was just going gangbusters. There were new worlds that people were there finding. Were... Like that exists. New worlds. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I did Swamp People and that was like nobody, they were like, that's, you know, that show, no, it, guys with missing teeth were, that was not something you put on television. You know, it was like, it, it just didn't make sense. And no one had gone into the swamps and like, you know, you put a flag in that world and all of a sudden it was like, wow, there's a whole world of these people and they're living their life, you know, in a different way than, you know, the folks thought, but you know, they're winning on their own terms. That's so. what I've always loved about reality TV is, I don't know that I'm interested in something like that until I see it. Then I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah. I could watch this over and over right. and over but again. But that's our job, right? Right. Yeah. That's, that's what that I'm into. Your job. I get to just, I'm like, all right, cool. And it's, I think everybody's the same. Like, that's for me. Everyone you talk to, they're all, in, especially in this world of, you know, every, you know, everyone's the same. And I end up in weird, weird places with guys with machine guns and bandanas <laughs> sometimes. And, you know, they're, you know, and they kind of all want the same thing. It's just, you know, every, it's interesting. So that is, it's fascinating. And once you start like living in it and working in it a little bit more, yeah. you start seeing both sides of it and, and the different, like, t- I think a lot of people who watch TV think like, okay, like I was saying, uh, you know, American Idol, it's the same thing as Survivor, the same thing as a Bachelor. No, they're totally different animals and totally different business models. 
because out of a reality TV show comes business. Our, our business has grown and evolved and, and it's going to turn into like kind of a franchise where, you know, my goal for this is to turn into like a spinoff, two spinoffs, five spinoffs, because I, I want to be able to have my shelf life extended and you can't, if you're not continuing to like evolve. Evolve. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the show so what do you is guys evolved, evolved right? yeah. I mean, with TV and stuff, I mean, do you just keep going with what you're going or do you have a plan? Like where, where do you guys see yourself evolving? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. Like we sold a series to Snapchat. So that's like, you know, we're, that's something that's that, evolution, we're, that, we're, time, that we're trying, sure. you yeah. know what I mean? And Global. so, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll, you know, we're learning, we're seeing how that goes. But at the I end mean, of the day, it's very simple what you're doing. You're, you're basically, you're filming people, you're creating that content and you're making it look nice so people can see it. Yeah. yeah. So if you're good at that, you can really go whatever direction as long as you're positioned to be able to do that. Right. If you're a company that's like, oh, we only do crab fishing shows or we only do yep. this, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, we're diverse and we've always made sure right. that Miguel yeah. is diverse. Yep. Yes. Game shows, you know, we all sorts of stuff. So that's how we stay alive. That's how you stay alive because there's a, probably yeah. a lot of production companies who've gone under because they couldn't adapt Yeah. or couldn't move fast enough or they were too big. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, like, dude, it's, 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 it's fascinating to me. And so uh, I think obviously for the people who are listening to this, um, some of the, the takeaways that you can like, you know, understand from what we've been talking about is when you're seeing something, a very simple TV show, when you're watching a Duck Dynasty uh, and it just looks like they're hanging out at their warehouse packing duck calls, there was so much more that went into that than you could ever possibly imagine. There's, you know, producing our show, what would you say? There's probably 50 people behind the scenes between post oh, yeah. And, and... Yeah, yeah, I would say 50. I think it probably got up to like 80. You know, it yeah. depends, you know. And everybody has a down. unique role to make sure that the audio's good and the picture's good and the drinks are there. Yeah. And like, there's so many things that go into it. It's not just like a guy with a camera out there running wild because that just doesn't work. And even the shows that look like they're doing that, aren't really doing that, right? Like if you have a show on TV, you've got a big production company behind you. Usually and a lot yeah. of moving parts. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, I mean some shows, I mean again, yeah, I mean there are shows that are there's less in the field, but then there's there's a whole team of people in post. So yeah. Yeah, it takes an army. It's like it's like an army. It really is. Like everyone has a job. There's a leader and everyone has their job and as long as everyone does their job, you're going to get it done. And you got to tell a good story along the way, you know? But it's gets all messy when people start stepping all over each other. And you What know. is your favorite TV show of all time? Oh, I don't know. Yours, of course. Non-scripted or? <laughs> I don't care. Just anything that's been on TV that, that just you remember, whether it be your childhood or mine was Rin Tin Tin. Yeah, I mean, when obviously, I was a kid. I'm sure everybody here would agree with Alf. Yeah. <laughs> Alf. Alf yeah. was, yeah. that show was ahead of its damn time. What was oh, with the, the dinosaurs? Do you remember the, the dinosaurs? Oh, yeah. I think it was the dinosaurs. No, the dinosaurs, the, the, it was I'm the, the baby, got a love of lost. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is it, yeah. Bang the mama, hit the mama. Yes, land of the lost. No, the stacks. It was the comedic one, land of the, knock the mama. Yeah. That was the comedic one. Land of the lost was the, the sleaze stacks. Was the good one. But it was like it was yeah, and then yeah. it was one of those. And the Dukes of Hazard. Dukes, Dukes of Hazard is also a good on. one. Yeah, <laughs> that show ran forever, right? Yeah, uh, they even changed the two main guys. <laughs> so you and Diesel Dave should be careful. Yeah, that's they, true. That's... They changed the two guys, and then those guys came back. They yeah. did. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, they held out, and then the network's was it, like, "Well, well, there was we go." It subtle? Did people notice? I mean, they were I... just a blonde guy in a <laughs> bow and Luke. Just, bow and Luke. Bow and Luke. Like, yeah. It's like okay. It's like yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's you don't mess with the network. No, that's one thing. I learned from Greg, uh, Greg Godfrey is uh, he had Jackass. No, no, Nitro Circus. And super successful show. Like it yep. did well. 
he, uh, he, Red Bull pulled their advertising dollars from MTV and started giving them to Greg to produce mm-hmm. the show. And MTV was like, um, hey, you don't have a show anymore. Yeah. yeah. Canceled them within like yeah. a week. And Greg tells that story sometimes. Like, they do not mess around. Yeah. No. Because they, they know that there's 15 million other production companies like you guys yeah. out there dying to give them a show. Yeah. And so they have a lot of options, mm-hmm. right? It's hyper, 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 hyper competitive. How yeah. often do you guys submit a show, it gets declined, and then later you're like, maybe now, and then submit oh, it again? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you yeah. really do that? Yeah. Jason yeah. sent me a clip of a show that they, you guys did a trailer for three, four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The timing wasn't right. And now we're looking at it like, maybe timing's right for that. Yeah. Like, that's, really? So yeah. you do have some inventory that, that kind of ages like a fine wine, right? Like, yeah. I mean, listen, a good, a good idea is always a good idea. I mean, it's seriously like the long Island medium, like we were talking about before, like met her, pitched her, everyone passed on her, everybody, every, 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 everybody. And then the travel channel actually bought, uh, like a development deal on her. We did that. I knew travel was never going to buy that as a series. We overinvested in that. And then we brought that tape and all the networks said, oh, this is a TV show, not for us, <laughs> passed again. You know, and it's just like, oh. so it, it took like a year and a half. And then a year later after the show's a hit, you go into those networks and they're like, we're looking for our Long Island medium. I'm like, you had her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you t- uh, two years ago, you yeah. could have had her. You know? It's funny how things are circul- uh, kind of circle back. That's too. what I'm saying. Like, Everything comes yeah. full circle or something. There was a, there's these flip shows and yep. then- that kind of lasted, and then new people are doing it. I mean, they're just still doing things yeah. to houses, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, you don't see that in the truck space yet. It'd be interesting to see other people try their own. But yeah. I think, like you know, these guys are are what I call like genre busters. You know, okay. like they go into like the truck genre. Like no one, they're the, they're there first, right? And their show is so different and cool that you can't even know, you know, like can't what, touch it. who's going to do a better show than They'll always guys. be compared to that. Yeah. Someone will have to go in and be like, yeah, Someone's we're like them, but, but and they're yeah. like, yeah, but you're not. Yeah. So you're yeah. never, you know, it's, I mean, you could even say that about like the crab fishing, you know, right. like, you, you know, you're going to watch a different show about crab fishing. No. <laughs> yeah. You I know? mean, the amount of guys who probably went in after diesel brothers premiered and said, we are the diesel brothers of blank. Right. Yeah. right. You know I mean, they're like, we're, we're, we're buddies and we yeah. do this. So yeah. buy our show. Right. It's like, it just doesn't work. So like that's, that. that's a question I had for you. And I think there's a lot of listeners who this could actually help a ton. If somebody's listening and they want to do a TV show about their lives, what would you, what are some things that you would say? Do's don'ts. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the first one. And they were I've giving learned, their phone number out. Right? Yeah, I, 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 I've learned out. this. I've learned this. <laughs> I'll include through, that in the show notes. <laughs> this actually, now I'm telling you right now, this actually could be a great lead generation for you guys to see people that have different ideas and yeah. concepts because that's something that you're always looking for. But one thing that doesn't work, just don't pitch it. Do not go to a network or a production company and say, hey, I want to do a show about me traveling. No. <laughs> yes. Because no. nobody Nobody cares. wants that. No. Nobody wants to see it. Every, just they don't work. Yeah, everyone everyone pitches the I, I'm the Anthony Bourdain of right. And you're like no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, follow me as I travel here. <laughs> yeah. Like it just it, it, like it worked for Anthony Bourdain, yeah. and, and he's like and a genre buster, right? You know, like there's you can't. You know. Although if you're pitching it with someone like Brad Pitt traveling. Please yeah, call yeah, us. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that might work. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Jesse James just pitched <laughs> yeah. that. Did you guys see Jesse's? Jesse pitched a show about around the world in 80 days. Yeah. And uh, Jesse's a strong talent and yeah. Discovery passed on it. So yeah. uh, it's it's not just, it, things don't work when sometimes you think they should. And so other pitfalls and things that people should avoid, simplify. Yeah. Simplify. I mean, I think one thing that's always interesting is if there's a show that does that, don't pitch that, but you're the version of it. You know what I mean? Like if there's a, 
I mean, I don't know what is right. Like? Get original, right? Yeah, you, you know, it's like it, we're the Kardashians of, and it's like, no, you're not. You know, it's a unique idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. You know, I I don't know what my advice would be to you know you probably. I mean, you guys did it. Yeah. You know, like you you earned it on your own. You know, like Go, you exactly. you built your own following. You you guys got yourself onto the Tonight Show. Right. You know. Um, so and it's easier in this day and age than it's ever been it is. to be able to create some content, yeah. put it out there, and be like, "Does it work? Does it not work?" Do yeah. you guys scout social media? Yeah. How yeah. do you find your talent? We, I mean, yeah, I mean, we always have an eye on social to see who is who's popping. I mean, we'll sit with a network and a network say, "Oh, we're looking for this," and then once we hear that, then you know our development team starts to go into the world and look look for those things. Anything I mean, else, Jason, that you would tell people to just kind of do's and don'ts? I would say one of the biggest things is you're like, I wonder why this is not on TV. It's because it doesn't belong on TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, everything at one point or another has been on TV. Right. So there's no new ideas, just new takes on those ideas. Yeah. Um, we have a term we call the mop, which is a most often pitched. So it's like, you're like, oh, someone comes in, they have this great idea, and you're like, when do we tell them this is something that's been pitched what, 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 times? what sits in the mop bucket? Travel shows? Firefighter shows? Really? I had um, no idea that was a big yeah. genre. Yeah, uh, no. Surfing. I mean, yeah. anything. There, anything uh, can be a mop. It's just yeah. it's all about talent now, right? Like yeah. there's no new. What ideas. are some other mops? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Uh, Is action sports fall? Cooking into that? shows. Everyone, yeah. yeah. Action sports are tough. Really, you know, American right. Ninja Warrior. I mean, that's that's, that's the thing. I, mean, I think everyone yeah. would love it's their a game show, though. Their American yeah. Ninja Warrior, but you know, I mean, even your flipping shows, you say those are hard to sell now. Yeah, because yeah, there's so, so many of them. So well, many of them. There's like flipping houses and. Yeah, but it's more about the actor and actress of, right? Or talent, yes. Right. They're not yeah, actors yeah. or actresses. Yeah. We call them because right. it's reality. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not an actor, I'm talent. He's talent. Yeah. He's talent. He's right. We, yeah. I remember when they first started referring me to that because well, I didn't it's know that. It's weird, was, right? It was weird. I'm like, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. That does sound better. Like than every an time actor. they say talent, you're just like, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> 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 like that's the that's the talent. You read your contract there. all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Talent. Yeah, no, they, and they, they're called talent agreements. That's yes. what they're called. So like, here's my rider, and you're like, come on, Dave. It's yeah. So if you're if you're interested in creating a TV show, which I know a lot of people are, it's surprising. In fact, it's astonishing how many people I run into are like, I got an idea for a show. Oh, yeah. People think that they have ideas, and some of them are really good, and some of them are really bad, and some of them fall in that mop bucket. But uh, if you do have that concept, go try to prove it a little bit yourself because as soon as you start to like work out the, if you, as you start working out the bugs, you're saving people like McGill Entertainment some of those steps, and that's going to be more appealing to a production company who's like, okay, well, They've already started to think about yeah. this. They've already started to kind of lay out this framework of what could work. Maybe we'll give it, take a chance on them. Sure. But don't just say, I want to do this. Can you make a show about it? Yeah, the, the kind of the more, if you're, if you're not a known person, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a catch-22, but the more fleshed, fleshed out your idea is, you know, the better it is, the less money I have to invest to pitch right. your idea. You know, opposed to just walking and being like, hey, I'm great, I built cars. And I'm like, I'm not going to hire a crew to send them to St. Louis to go shoot with you for a week and then edit for a month. And now I'm out, you know, $40,000. Right. You know what I mean? So, but that's one know, thing that people don't understand is how much you guys burn a day running, filming a TV show. Yeah. It's like, there's somebody, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you were like thousands of dollars a day just to, just to have a production crew here at our shop in Salt Lake, just, 
hoping that we're going to get good content. I mean, a lot of times we have a schedule laid out and, you know, we try to use our time wisely, but there's been times in filming this TV show where it's like, there's five grand, or, you know, burn that day. There's another mm-hmm. five grand the so next day. So you guys are like a promoter of TV. Like, you know, when I, when I think about my industry, you know, promoters are kind of who assume all the risk. They yeah. put all the money out there. They hire the talent. The talent gets paid. The venue gets paid. The security gets paid. You know, you're paying for all your advertising and then you're at the end hoping there's enough money left over that you still make some. Are you guys exactly. the promoter of that? You kind know what of, I mean? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, for us, mm-hmm. we, can, we, we try to convince a television network to give us their money to go... So not as much risk that. then. I mean, they're... But we're still paid last. Yeah, and so, we're, yeah. we're paid last and... You you're know. given a budget, basically. Yeah. And if you blow budget. the budget, then that's on you. Yeah. yeah. Less money in your pocket. Yep. Yeah. Let's not get into that, though. Yeah, no, not when the talent's <laughs> around. <laughs> not with the Diesel Brothers, because there's been many production budgets that have been like, well, shit. Budget, with that, do you... Monsters. I mean, like, I know it's tough for you, man, because, like, when you guys film an episode, you have a truck that's sitting in the back, right, that you can't sell, you Dude, can't there's never monetize. Enough, there's never enough money for anybody. Do in they the pay TV. to help with that? Like, the, does the network help pay for the builds? The best way from the way that I explain when people ask me that is because a lot of people think that networks just dump money on reality TV shows right. and, and pimp my ride. Anybody can bring their vehicle in off the street and I'll do it for free. No, dude. I would say that on average, the network and the producers and everybody involved here might cover 50 to 60% of what it takes for me to actually do what I do out there. Um, and that's not including like the hard costs of a build that I'm actually planning on turning around and selling. I'm just talking about like to keep the lights on because I have to dedicate my facility and my manpower and everything to making a TV show. So you assume a lot of risk too. I, I do, yeah. but I knew that going into this, that there could be some upside. And luckily our show was a hit and we yeah. did, we, we experienced that upside every single day when the show airs and, and it's been good for our business. It makes me sad that there's other companies out there, businesses that like have taken that risk and their show didn't work. And it's like, well, you just invested a lot of money yeah. yep. in something that didn't yeah. go the way you thought it was going to. So it could go one of two ways. It's either going to work or it's not. Do people that are, you see walking around with like, their buddies holding cameras and they're saying they're going to film and then send a network. Do, that, do those fly? I mean, have they already probably approached guys like you and you're like, nah. So they're like, well, we're going to do it anyway. And then they try to get it seen or how does that work? Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. sorry. I would just say that I, most networks need someone they work with before, which is why discovery called us. They had, a, we had a track record with them. So when Dave, they found Dave and Dave, they're like, you guys, you can make television. You go talk to them. So generally, when guys are doing it on their own, they're going to have a hard time of selling it on their own. So they probably end up connecting company. with you. Exactly. Some, yeah. Eventually, they get to a production company. Some right? networks have started teaser. to produce things themselves, right? That's Sometimes, uh, With yeah, their own studio. Network yeah. has their own studio. Some networks have their own studio. Yeah. Discovery has their own production company. Yeah, right? they have yeah, a they studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is like, it's a total roll of dice. Well, on my part, it. the talent, and your part, the producers, the network is the one who has the least to lose up front because they just have to throw out a little bit of money to get everybody like moving. Um, and then obviously they throw some bigger money at it once it becomes a successful show, but they only do that yeah. based off of like Success. knowing it's going to work. No, yeah. and, and even when the network gives you the money initially to do a proof of concept per se, what they're giving you is probably a third or a fourth right. of what you actually need. So you're investing your own money to make sure it's good. Yeah, Because if you turn around and be like, oh, here's the proof of concept, but I used only the money you gave me, it's not good. They're like, well, then it's not a good proof of concept. Yeah. But it's great when you get the network to give you a little bit of money because you know they're at least invested. You right. know what I mean? Like I'd much rather spend yeah. my money with their, their money, money yeah. because at least I know there's someone on the other end that isn't, you know, wants. Well, I think that work. goes three ways. That goes 
my way, the talent mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. your way, the producers and the network. So that's when you know something might you know, have some traction is when everybody's like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody's, everybody starts to take that leap together rather than just one, you know, it's just so funny. There's misconception from so many people who watch reality TV who think that there's so much money being handed to the shows to just go do people's vehicles for free or like it just, it's, that, that doesn't exist. It's not so a real you thing. mean you can't uh, come and swap my I, uh, Ford Torino? Dude, I've got probably- <laughs> It is a Torino though. I, I mean. probably have one million <laughs> emails. I'm not joking. One million emails since the show aired from people saying, hey, will you build my truck for free? Like, it's just, it's so crazy how, yeah. the, like there's just a big misunderstanding out there. Yeah. So if you're listening, don't go to a car show and ask if they'll do your car for free because it, that's not a real thing. Yeah. But I mean, also on the network side too, I mean, they're also funding tons of failures as yeah. well. Right. You know, so they're, you know, in their world, they're like, we're funding, you know, all these failures. We're hoping that these things, you know, one will start or a couple of them will start to and make up for all the losses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome, guys. Uh, I think we've just kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit on how the TV business works. And, and to be honest with you, it may seem a little, uh, you know, to us, it's just everyday business and it's just what we do. But there's a lot of people, like I said, and you probably come across them all the time, that this is a whole new world to them. And it's yeah. so fascinating to find out how it all works. So hopefully the listeners have found that this is fascinating. And it's good information. Uh, it's something that I love to share because it's part of my you know, business now. It's part of my life. Part of your life. Um, and I've, I've learned to embrace it and actually love it. And uh, I'm a producer. I'm a coordinating producer. Coordinating producer, yes. Work, I'm working on the executive producer title. Apparently that's a big deal, I can't right? Hear you. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've asked for it, I've asked for it multiple times and maybe one day we'll get the EP title. That's a big deal though, right? It's not get, something yeah. you just hand out. No, no. The network's very guarded over their EP yeah, right. They, yeah. I don't he, want to throw this in your face, but I think Richard Rawlings is the executive producer. Probably, right? right? Maybe. He might be the EP on. He's going to be the executive producer of Diesel Brothers. I know that. <laughs> oh, I don't know if Dave knows that yet. No, that's a big deal. Like a, your resume, if you say. <laughs> no, I mean, you've he, gotten more of those. Yeah, than I know. Of course, so. you've yet to get a drum roll. <laughs> no, I got a. I, I got a. That was before a rim shot. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. I get a rim shot? Thank yes, you. you I knew I did. Thank you. We'll be here all week. Uh, but <laughs> like Richard Rollins, I think it was five to six years before you even got that. Right. So it takes time. The network eventually. Right. Yeah, it takes time. Listens. You got to you got to prove yourself. They have to, you know. Have you guys listened to the podcast before? I yep. have. Yes. Maybe we should put them on the spot. Checklist items, things maybe they do. You know. Yeah, I think, and it doesn't even have to like pertain to TV. No. If, if there's anything that you guys do in your daily routine or your work or whatever it is that you feel like listeners, just the average Joe or guys like us, could implement to be able to have more success or more health or more happiness or tell cornier jokes in Jason's case. I don't know if you can. That's a high bar. Anything that you guys, that you guys implement that, uh, that, you know, you're successful. Little changes. Mm. Little changes. I don't know. I wouldn't say little change, but I heard this the other day and I think this is the perfect statement. I almost, I kind of want to get, I don't have any tattoos. I've done, I've done like four tattoo shows. I don't have any tattoos, but, um, well that tramp stamp, but (laughs) yeah, but yeah, but that's a birth. Yeah. But I mean, it's important, (laughs) but I mean, I, I heard this the other day and it's, it was, uh, fortune favors the bold. Yeah. So, and I just, I just think that that is like, you, you have to make, you get you big Make risk is big reward and you got you get you have to find a way to to take chances cuz it's the only possible way you yeah. get anywhere especially in this day and age where i say this all the time all the good ideas have already been had yeah yeah all the mm-hmm. all the neat concepts and cool things somebody's already done it mm-hmm. you now just have to do it bigger and better than than somebody else there's a whole book about it called the purple cow and it's yeah. talking about all the business models 
have already pretty much been done. I mean, there's going to be some still, you know, big sure. breakthroughs, but we're not living in the 40s and 50s anymore where there's a breakthrough every freaking week. Right. Like, now we know we have a TV, we have a microwave. Yeah. Like, it's not, those, those days are over. Like, mm-hmm. we live in an era where you now have to do things, like you said, hyper, uh, like, better than, than mm-hmm. people have done them in the past if you're going to be successful. And part of that is taking those huge risks and being bold. So, I like that. That's like, you guys know that's my, my MO. That's... Yeah. That's my motive. That modus fortune operandi. favors modus operandi. Yeah. Yeah. Fortune OGT. favors the bold. Fortune favors the bold. Yeah, I mean that. I would say even when I was coming over to Miguel and Matt was always like, big risk, big reward, all the time. He's like, you got to take a big risk, take big reward to come over here. And I'd say that to my wife, and she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, That's I don't a guy know. Thing. It means just just going for it. And she's like, okay. Then yeah, let's listen to Matt. <laughs> it's true. I mean, but that like yeah. but we said, the dragon has a long tail. But so you make a decision head, yeah. that affects your whole family. Yeah, and no, so, totally. Uh, that's a lot of our listeners are guys like our age that have you know young families and stuff like that. So when you make a decision like that to go, you got to like stick with it and not just kind of like half in, half out. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of people trying to own their own businesses and do their own thing, and they're like. They're working their day job, and then they're they're uh, uh, you know over here doing this. Chet, for example, I love Chet. Chet is one of my mm. best buddies. He was a mechanic on the show. He's in a world right now where he's got to take a massive leap of faith because he's working a day job while still running the Goons Garage at night. And I want Chet to be successful. And Chet listens to the podcast. I want him to be successful more than anybody. But I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah. I talk to him, and he's like, well, "Like at some point, how do I freaking?" put food in my mouth yep. because as I take this huge leap of faith into something that I want to do, but I'm not sure if it works, uh, that's, it's, it's, it's scary. That's so, it is. but that's that for me, I've turned that fear into excitement because I think anxiety, I think that scientifically like anxiety is either it's, it's the same thing, whether it's anxiety or excitement, mm. you just have to determine what it is. Oh, so, uh, for me, I'm able to turn my anxiety into excitement because if you think about it, Think about the, both those feelings you've had, both mm-hmm. anxiety and excitement. It's the same thing. Yeah. Just, just kind of like tell your own story in your head. Sometimes I have to trick myself into thinking that things are the way they are, and it works. Yeah. And that's one thing that we talk about a lot on the podcast is, is like affirming to yourself what you're doing, who you are, what your goal is, what your mission is, and that you're going to be successful. Guys, no joke. When I landed the backflip last weekend in the Monster yeah. Jam truck, I sat in the parking lot, closed my eyes, and pictured myself landing it multiple times, and then I took myself a step further and like celebrated in my head yeah, because yeah. nobody was around. Nobody, yeah. like people couldn't see me. I was in my helmet, like yeah. strapped in my truck. I literally like put my hands up and like celebrated landing the flip. And then I went out there and I landed it yeah. when I'd been doing like progressively worse each show with <laughs> the backflip. So it, it, it was like, to me, it was like one of those things where, where I thought, okay, if I take the time to like focus my energy on what I want and really feel the emotion of having it, yep. I'm going to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so awesome. Yeah, I mean, you should it. put it on social media. I don't know if anyone's seen it. <laughs> no, I but, might. Yeah, I might, maybe put it up. I might upload bit. it to my. You also did a cartwheel too. My, I did a cartwheel, <laughs> cartwheel and a backhand swing. Cartwheel was amazing. It was. It was. I have a cousin who's a gymnast. She was at the show, and she's like uh, seven or eight years old, and she's like. Mom, he just did a, a round off the back handspring, <laughs> and it was it was like perfect, yes. like perfect amazing. form. Everything was like, but I, I really, honestly, I experienced that win in my head and emotionally before I even went out on the track and did that. And I do that with a lot of things in my life. Like I feel like that's why I'm successful mm-hmm. is because I win in my head before I actually go out and win on paper. Yeah, you gotta yeah. like manifest your own destiny. Yep. Like you, you have to. Yes, you gotta believe in it, and you gotta go do it the big thing we've got coming up at the end of our season, I've already done it in my head and I've already experienced it. And I, I know that like people are asking me 
you know, the people who know about it, are you nervous about doing this? And I'm like, nah. Yeah. Have you done the math? <laughs> I, I've not done the math. I've done. Okay. I've done the. Uh, I don't think he's done math yeah. since like the sixth. I let grade. other people do the math for okay, me. That's perfect. We another agree. reason why I'm successful is because I bring people. I hire people who are way smarter than me to do that kind of stuff that yeah. I'm not good at. I'm yeah. sure you do the same thing, man. Yeah, was that a little hint? Absolutely. Was that a giveaway? Doing the math. Dave is going to do calculus live. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Yep. Long division. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be yeah. riveting. But yes. I'm going to use that excitement, anxiety, because I agree with you. It's kind the of the day same I thing. figured that out was one of the best days of my life because I have never experienced anxiety. But as I started to get really bogged down in my workload, especially doing the TV show and stuff, but this happened over the past few years, I started to hear people say stress and anxiety a lot. And I started to think, oh, shoot, like, am I starting to get anxiety? I'm not a guy who gets anxiety. And I started to like analyze everything and I, it, it wore on me. Like I even like physically wasn't feeling healthy. Um, and I don't remember where or how I heard it, but when I heard it, I was like, bingo, that's it. And it, it honestly, like it put me back on the right track big time. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is literally just take a second, mentally tell yourself, how do I want this to, to what do I want this to feel like? What do I want this to be? Is this is it? Can I turn this into something positive, or am I going to let it be negative? Mm-hmm. And you can you can honestly flip a switch in your head, and it'll make the decision right then and there. And bam, you're 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 on your way. No, I that's, I, great. that's awesome. Yeah, I love it, that. It's, it's interesting. Pretty- we just spent a whole weekend on that on that meditation yoga retreat we just did, and it talks about you know faith and fear cannot coexist. And you're saying you know excitement and anxiety or whatever, but you mentally taking that time, stopping, visualizing that backflip, doing those things. It's kind of meditation yeah. uh, to some degree. I yeah. mean, you're putting out there what it is you want. For you're sure. focusing on that. And then, you know, y- your mind fills it, your body, you eliminate the fact that you had just crashed the last, what, three or four times? It, it, wasn't, it, it literally wasn't even on my radar. Because you just did it in your mind when you went out there and did it, you know, actually. It's, it's so interesting how many things go along with this, whether it's, you know, having a, a baby, you know, nobody's ready to be a father until you have, you become a father. You're all of a sudden playing that role. Yep. Like you got to decide to step up to the plate, yeah, you know? Yeah. And in this case, you know, he liked what he saw while doing the backflip and freaking succeeded in Bravo, by the way, that was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. That was My incredible. favorite part about that whole concept is how instant it is. I'm a guy that I got to have instant gratification. Yeah. Like it's got to happen quickly. I literally strapped myself in the truck. My heart started racing. I started getting like I started breathing heavy and I was like, okay, this could go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. I could either get nervous and go out there and be a wreck or I could take this and channel it and, and literally tell myself, like trick my brain yeah, into yeah. thinking I've already done it and I did it and dude, it's, it's, it's so powerful. And that all happened within the span of like five minutes. This is not something that you have to like focus six months, 12 months, a year, you know, a couple of years on. You can change that energy immediately if you're aware of it. Yeah, I mean, when you just started talking about how you had been hearing people say anxiety or stress or whatever, and then you started focusing more on it, yep. and then it was like, oh, it's more and more and more, and then you caught yourself. You had that moment where you became present, and you're like, wait. That's what I want to help people do, do is have that moment of clarity, because yeah. sometimes you don't know these things. Like I didn't know that anxiety and excitement were the same thing until I heard somebody say it. So that's why I do the podcast. I want people to be able to hear this and be like, holy shit, he's right, like- I've been feeling stressed out, but really maybe that's just a different emotion that I can change today. And I guarantee you there's people that are listening to this right now that are like, bingo. And it's, it's going to be a massive game changer for them because it was for me. And I'm a guy that moves really quick. Well, one of the times that it hit me, it was really weird. So I used to do, like I'd decide kind of what my whole day was going to be. I was going to go buy these houses. I was going to you know sell these, go to this meeting. And I'd visualize how the meeting was going to go and all these great things. And then life got busier, Mm -hmm. you know, employees needs, you know, all these things started happening. 
Next thing I know, somehow I was in a meeting with people and it wasn't about anything I was doing. They were trying to like sell me something. And I literally got up and I was like, what am I doing here? How did this happen? Well, I became so busy and I wasn't conscious of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to meet. Okay. I can meet with you next Tuesday at this time. Whatever. Well, that Tuesday I'm sitting in the meeting going, what, how am I here? I would have never let this happen years ago. Right. And so taking that time to stop, wait, what am I going to do today? Is it what I want to do? Am I getting the results I'm looking for? Otherwise life can become so busy. Mm-hmm. You just end up, you know, dealing with what life throws at you. You day become reactive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Biggest I, thing I learned in my life is, is don't be reactive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I tell you to like, turn your notifications off on your phone. Do those things because otherwise you're literally spending eight hours a day in this constant like, like reactive chasing. mindset. Exactly. Yeah. All you're doing is putting out fires. Yeah. Yep. Nobody wants to just put out fires all day long. I mean, granted, that's part of my job. I have to do that. Mm-hmm. But I want to get to the point where I'm also to be cre- like, if I'm reacting, I'm not creating. Yeah. Think right. about that. And creativity gives you more energy so you can Way do more. more. Yeah. That's what makes me want to be an entrepreneur. That's me what too. makes me want to take the yeah. big risks and spend the money on the things that I don't know if they're going to pay off because I want to be able to create and that, that excitement of creating drives me to do that. But if you don't get the opportunity to do that and you're just constantly reacting, I'm telling you, it's, it probably leads to depression. Well, like, that's where in the, the passion lies, what you're talking about, how it builds on itself, right? Yep. It builds and it builds a creativity, the success, creativity, success. You get caught up in that day to day, putting those fires out, putting those fires out. Eventually, you become exhausted. Right. You're not adding any fuel to your life. Yep. And 100%. then you find yourself pitching the fire show that's in the mob bucket. But I mean, I will say, you know, someone is going to make a a hot fire show that's going to be is the number one show in the world. Pun? Could yeah. be yeah. you. Yeah. 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 But you know that that's the thing. I mean, I, to me, I love when people tell me, "Oh, that 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 can't be a show." I'm like, "Yes, it can." <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you know, did it with us. So, yeah. yep. Trucks so. shouldn't have been a show. So guys, thank you for being with us. This thank has you. been actually, the, my favorite part about the podcast is usually towards the end because the conversation, like all the bits and pieces of the conversation that we've been kind of like jumping back and forth, all kind of like merge into one like overall theme, which I think, you know, for us on this one, it was it was taking those big you know, risks, being bold and being aware of it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't take big, big risks and be bold and not be aware of it at the same time. That's not smart. That's just being stupid. <laughs> so you just, you have to make those decisions. So uh, McGill Entertainment, um, these guys, if you do have a show, um, go to, if you have an idea for a show, go to Instagram and, and DM you guys or, or yeah. mail you, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or yeah, it's, <laughs> you guys probably get a lot of pitches, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Do you ever encourage pitches? Uh, you know, we don't really accept a lot of outside pitches. It's hard to get unsolicited pitches because there's no new ideas. So then it gets a little right. Little... And then if someone is, they pitch you something and you're like, I've been developing that already. Then right. they, then they take like, it personally. Like, yeah. Well, this is two my years idea. later. They're like, I had that apple cider show that you're doing. Now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tr- we've seen that. A so lot much. of apple cider shows. I've, <laughs> I have seen people say that a number of different times. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Jason, Matt, Laura, thank you for being here. Thank you um, for having us. We're getting ready to uh, go out to dinner here in a minute oh, with, yeah. uh, Seafood with Tower. these guys. I'm so yeah. excited we're coming for, for your the, the most expensive steak in Salt Lake City. Benihana. Uh, and <laughs> big things coming from Diesel Brothers McGill Entertainment this year. Big, yeah. big, yes. like we're br- oh, we are giant. innovating TV. Yes. Right? Like yep. this is not something that, yeah, thank you. Oh, there yeah. we go. <laughs> yep. And, so how long do they do that? This is going to... Yeah. Oh. Um, I should one round of applause? That's, yeah. That was, that was a good ender. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening to thank the uh, podcast and uh, stay tuned for next week.